Okay, Boker Tov, we continue in the Sefer Bayam Darkecha about Shabbos Kodesh. And yesterday we began the discussion of what preparations do we make on Friday. So it's a good day to learn as we continue the second part of our activities for Friday. And in the Sefer, we're on page Kuf Gimel, subsection Zion. The Arizal says... It's fitting for a person to taste all the different foods that you're cooking in honor of the Shabbos, to taste them on Erev Shabbos. Why? Because it's just like if a person is preparing, you're the royal chef, and you're cooking meals for the king. Well, you got to make sure that the meal is good. As we see with the story of the baker and the butler with Paro, Things weren't perfect, in jail, and you can get killed. So therefore, you're tasting, you made the food, now you're tasting to see if it's good. And if if it's missing some kind of spice, you can fix it up. Or maybe you're going to cook some other things, but that all shows that you are, or even if you are having guests, that shows that you care that the guests have a good time. Yeah. yeah. Is Arizal supposing that the men are cooking? Whoever is cooking. Well, who is going to do the tasting? Is the woman do the cooking normally? Whoever tastes. So, but he's talking like the men should taste. Well, doesn't say that. A person. Well, okay. A person. So, whoever is the one who's cooking, you could have the wife could ask the husband to taste it. Oh, okay. I think it goes okay. Yes. But whoever is is cooking it should taste it. To make sure the food is good. Yes, so now, and this is the secret, as we say in the Shabbos Musaf Davening, every Shabbos, Tohameha Chaim Zohu, those who taste it merit life. Okay? And obviously, the deeper meaning is you know, you're tasting the Shechina, you're tasting life, but it also means that anyone who tastes the food that you're making for Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, you merit supernal life. Now, that's what the Arizal says. So now let's try to understand this Arizal. Number one, certainly there's a virtue that a person is honoring the king by tasting the food to make sure it's good. But why is this such a big deal that the reward is so much? That the Arizal says, the words he says, Zoyche l'chaim elyonim, you merit supernal life. It means you're connecting to the highest place. Now, that's question one. Now, in footnote, I and Tess, the question is, what if you don't cook for Shabbos? Mm-hmm. You're not the cook. Mm-hmm. Is there an aspect to taste the food? Because from the wording, it means that you're the one who's the cook. Right. It seems from the Arizal, that the person should taste the things that he is cooking. Right. Okay. So he the commentary explains. However, the custom is even those who don't cook should taste it. And the point is, even though you're not the one who's cooking, but you should taste it. Mm-hmm. Because you may see it's not so good. So you could ask them to fix it up. Mm-hmm. Or you could make something else. So therefore, even if you don't cook, you can be part of that process. 
And when we get to the deeper explanation in a moment, you'll see that it will apply to anyone, even not the cook. But that is the question, what, why is this such a big deal? And to understand this idea of to'ameho, those who taste it, we have to uh, preface and explain a little bit the whole idea of the eating and onik Shabbos. Because we know on Shabbos, there is a mitzvah to really engage in the physical world. We have much bigger meals than we have during the week. And there's a lot more engagement with the physical world. You have time to talk to your family. You're speaking to family. Uh, we're going to have nicer clothes. All those different things. And that needs explanation. Why on such a lofty day, which is mamish a taste of the world to come, why would we engage? You think if anything, you should fast on Shabbos to be totally removed from the world. And the explanation to this is eating and having nice stuff is a wondrous avoda. Because remember, the more beautiful things look in this world, the more we could be fooled in thinking they have nothing to do with Hashem. And our job is always to reveal the light of Hashem within creation. And to reveal that the food, when you taste food, you have this coffee and you go, mm, that's a geschmack of coffee. But you got to be careful, where's the geschmack coming from? Well, most people will say, wow, that's a really good K-cup. Brazil. That was a, a really geschmack thing. Brazil. But the food or drink is not good in and of itself. It's the light of Hashem that's good. And the light of Hashem that's good that enables people to make coffee. And you can have an amazing cup of coffee. So therefore, that's the real avoda. And that's a difficult avoda because many people get swallowed up with the whole eating experience and they forget all about Hashem. But really, you're supposed to, the whole focal point is they see Hashem, as great as you are, you still worry about giving us good food in this world. So when you taste the food on Erev Shabbos, he's already putting himself in this, in this realm of trying to feel Hashem's aspect even on Erev Shabbos. And that's why you'll be able to receive on Shabbos this extra light, which is true life. So you're preparing yourself for the Avod of Shabbos. And that's what you should have in mind when you're tasting it. To not taste, yes, you have to taste if the food is physically good. And once you say it's physically good, ah, the light of Hashem, what an amazing light of Hashem. But if it's not that good, they'll say, well, I want the light of Hashem to be really good. Hashem can make it, that, that I should make it even better. And for the king, it should be as good as possible. Now, of course, Hashem doesn't eat. And Hashem isn't the king that you're providing it to. But it's still honoring the king and showing we're putting out the best food possible. And that's why we merit um, uh, this, this lofty type of life, this supernal life, which is the true life. The best life is a living in the truest reality. And the truest reality is that the physicality illuminates from the light of Hashem. Okay. And therefore, obviously, the, uh, it, 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 the fact that you're uh, tasting it, right, is because you're showing you care about the king and you're honoring the guest. Okay. And this reason 
is a good reason for eating it because now you are involved in bringing in the service of Shabbos. Because remember, the essence of the Shabbos is when you reveal that the whole realm is God's. So when you're tasting food on Erev Shabbos, you're showing that he wants it to be re re uh, revealed. Therefore, he's even working on it on Erev Shabbos. I'm not waiting for Shabbos. I'm practicing. I'm practicing on Erev Shabbos to make sure that on Shabbos it comes out good. So now we understand this idea that this is a very big aspect of tasting the food. That you're trying to bring in the feelings and the holiness of Shabbos, even on Erev Shabbos, to try to feel those lights as a preparation. And obviously, when this, this preparation is has two facets to it. Number one is you're yearning to merit to receive these lights. And it's almost like a bakosha, a request that you're saying, as if you're saying to Hashem, that Hashem give me the merit to feel this. To feel, I, I want to feel your goodness in the food. So I'm practicing already on Erev Shabbos. And if you feel this on Erev Shabbos, that's an amazing preparation. Okay? And therefore, it helps you receive the light. And it also gets you excited for Shabbos. This was just a little taste. Can you imagine what it's going to be the entire Shabbos? So this is the idea of eating. Now, this has, this, you have to be careful. A lot of people abuse this. And say, oh, I can start pressing on Arab Shabbos. You know, but it's got to be the food that you are going to serve on Shabbos. And the whole, per and therefore it's just a taste. <laughs> Not a, uh, oh, I'm going to have a big portion over here. Remember, you got to be hungry for the Suda Friday night. Especially on the, the short winter days, you want to be able to uh, uh, have an appetite. But just that little taste so that you... Taste. Taste is not food. Not yeah, and, and therefore... No, but yeah. And therefore, some even say the words, Toamehag Chaim Zochu. While they're eating, before they're going to eat it. I'm trying... By me tasting now, I hope that it's going to be a spiritual meal at night. So that's how you get ready for that. Okay. That takes care of the food. Next, short idea. Ches, cutting the fingernails. Another thing, it's in halacha, it says in Shulchan Aruch, that you should cut your fingernails uh, on Erev Shabbos because we know, we already explained with the Havdalah, if you recall, the fingernails represents the extra part of a person. The nails, it, it grows on its own and it seems to have its own independent reality. It's symbolic of the klipos. So what do you want? And the, the klipos take us away from Hashem. It's fascinating how some people get all into the manicure-pedicure scene. Gotta make it look beautiful and this and that and all these things. What, what, do you, what do you, it's not even your body. Spending lots of money. Some of those, oh, even men into this. Oh, yeah. oh I got my manicure-pedicures. Just cut the nails, man. And I gotta paint the nails, this the nails, that the nails. What is that? That's all extra. It totally has nothing to do with your health. No one died, as far as I know, from nails that were pretty. It, it's not like they're part of your circulatory system or something like that. So it's totally extra. So we want to cut off the extra. That's the idea. So whatever klipos exists and all the 
Jewish, that foreign outlook that those klipos present to us. We don't want them to disturb us. We want to really bring in the light and therefore you cut your nails. So that's that idea. Now, on top of going to the mikvah in test, there's an, a, another idea of washing yourself with covered shabbos. Going to the mikvah, that necessarily means you're washing, although you may do both together. That's not unusual. But there's a separate idea. Going to the mikvah is one idea, as we explained yesterday. And washing yourself in honor of Shabbos is another aspect. And what is the inner idea of this? As we see, it's very interesting in the halacha, the way it's written, is you should wash your face, your hands, and your feet in warm water. That's the way the halacha is stated. Remember in those days, they didn't have showers or things like that. Often people did not have access. People didn't have bathrooms. You had to go to a bathhouse for that. So what'd you do? You had a bowl from the well, whatever, some water. So what would you do? Warm it up. You warm it up, and then you wash your face, you wash your hands, you wash your feet. Those are the parts of the body that get the dirtiest. So what does this mean? The, the idea is the nature of a body is to get dirty. Okay, that's nature, right? You're engaged, your body, you get dirty. Now, that's symbolic of the klipos, the shells that cover up. And therefore, just like during the week, you fall into getting certain klipos, that remember, the klipa is showing you that over here, God is not in charge. It's something else. And you're amazed by people's ingenuity or nature or this. It's not God. So therefore, when we wash away the dirt, we're washing away the klipas. Now, especially on Erev Shabbos, where the klipas see that you're going to go to a world of anti-klipa, which is Shabbos. So they're going to try to mess you up. Remember, if they can get you to not be in the right mood for Shabbos, they've succeeded. And they can put klipas on top of Shabbos, unfortunately. So they try so much to grab the flow that's supposed to come. So therefore, you're washing yourself as if you're saying, with my washing, I'm removing the klipos and any mistaken understandings of reality. And the washing is dafka with water. Now, you could really clean yourself with other things, perhaps, but it's dafka with water, because water is symbolic of chesed, obviously, because that's a source of life, and that reminds us of the light of Hashem, and that all the flow comes of Hashem, and the more that a person remembers Hashem and the flow, he will merit to get out of the mistakes that the klipos and nature bring into a person's understanding. And that's the kavana we have with the washing over here to remove any mistaken philosophical notions that the klipas bring through. We're going to get rid of that from the water that's, that is symbolic of Hashem's kindness and how everything comes to Hashem. Why does it have to be warm water? Why can't it be cold water? Well, again, first of all, on the simple level, warm water cleans better than cold water. But more than that, how do you get rid of the klipos? With the water got warm, got hot, because there was a fire. Fire is symbolic of enthusiasm. When you're enthused about Yiddishkeit, 
that's when you're able to throw away the klipas. If you're excited about your avodas Hashem, then the klipas can't get in. So therefore, when a person is having difficulties, he's going through spiritual challenges, just he's in a bad mood. Where's your bad mood come from during the day sometimes? It's just nuts. It's from the klipas. They're trying to overpower you. So how do you get rid and defeat the klipas in battle? Is to serve Hashem with the fire of arousal and zrizus, alacrity, from that inner fire. And therefore, at least externally, you do things with alacrity and enthusiasm, even if you don't have it. And that's how you arouse your, your heart to be excited about the service of Hashem. And thereby, the klipas will fall, will not be able to grab onto you, and will not inflame in us, for example, the fire of anger or that of depression. Therefore, and that's the only solution. You've got to do things quickly. Now, this, I don't, you know, you could think about this. You could think about this. What do we see in this week's Parsha by Avram? What's the one word that's repeated often? It says, by Avram, Vayimaher, and he hurried. He ran to the guests. Now, we don't know for Avram on his level what's going on over here, but remember, we're supposed to read this as well. So let's just imagine for a minute that you had to have a circumcision now. Let's say we talk, I just want you to know the circumcision you did wasn't good. Whatever, whatever. You have to have a circumcision. Let's say, you know, that's hard for us to relate to. But uh, let's say you have to have a medical procedure. And the medical procedure is going to be painful. Right? And as we get to our age, we're more likely to have procedures like that. So you have a medical procedure and uh, you're, you're uncomfortable. You're sitting in bed. Often, depression can come from that. It can. It doesn't have to, but it can. Say, oh, I'm getting older, I'm falling apart, Ugh, I can't do things the way I used to. And now, you know, you got it. And now there's an opportunity to do a mitzvah. Ugh, with a mitzvah, I'm trying to recover. No? And what's the mitzvah? Three shkatsum are walking by. Maybe they need some hospitality. Ah, goyim, what do I care? So how do you overcome that uh, lack of, that depression, the non-interest, the apathy? You run! You run to them! And it, and it, it says he ran to them, and then he quickly did this. Yeah. He tells Sarah, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up! Why is this happening? Because the external actions affect the internal. You're not in the mood, there's only, really, you can't talk yourself out of a bad mood. Because the bad mood is like king of the hill, and you can't push it off. It's just all-encompassing. Or let's say you're upset with somebody for something. You know, you, you tell your kid, you know, to be careful when he's driving, and of course, what happens, you get a call from the police, your son was drunk, smashed into a car. Would you like to come down? Huh, would I like to come down? I don't want to come down. 
You run to come down. You got all, he's still your kid. Okay, an idiot, a fool, and all these things, maybe. But he's still your kid, so you, you gotta run. You gotta get yourself engaged and excited about what's happening over here. And that's in our general avoda. We have to make sure that happens. Because the klipa grabs onto you. The klipa, when you're getting older and you're getting weaker, the klipa is saying, yeah, you know, it's nature. It's nature getting older, you're falling apart. Look forward to a life of misery. I says, well, what kind of God is this? Where the klipas are in charge. You gotta tell the klipas you're not in charge. I'm sorry, I'm 99, but look how spring chicken I can be. And just run. Ah, you're gonna get a heart attack. Okay, fine. So I get a heart attack, fine. Then, then God's telling me I don't have to work anymore. I'm not saying to go crazy and start doing uh, uh, marathons when it's not for you, but but you know, in general, people are lazy. General, so you got just gotta run and move and do this. So therefore, you're washing your your body with uh, hot water. That reminds you, you have to have excitement, and enthusiasm. You come to you're coming to Shabbos. So somebody just told me what, what his impression of Shabbos is. Is a Torah observant Jew. Torah observant Jew. He says, you know, I find that on Friday, everything catches up with you. All the work you did, it catches up with you. You really are tired Friday night. You're really tired Friday night. So what is that? What kind of Shabbos meal is it going to be? Where's the, where's the excitement? Where's the avoda? Where's the me'en olam So you got to wash yourself with hot water. Let, let's get excited now. Get rid of those klipas. What do you mean you're tired? It's the most important day of the week. Oh, it's, it's going to be my time to rest. Most important day of the week, you don't rest. You're engaged. You're involved. So that's what's happening. Now it's interesting, even though it's a mitzvah to wash the entire body, but the halacha specifically says to wash in hot water, face, hands, and feet. It's Gemara. It's Paschal Shulchan Aruch. And Reb Chaim Vital testifies about his Rebbe, that Rizal, that they'd bring him a, a pot of, uh, a bowl of hot water, mm-hmm. and he would first wash his face, mm-hmm. then he'd wash his hands, he would dry them, and then he'd wash his feet and he dry, dry them. them after the first suit? The face and the hands. That's interesting. And then he'd wash the feet and then dry them. Right. What's the idea? Because there's a, there's a, these three body parts is much more important than let's say your torso. <laughs> okay, and they say that first we wash the face, which what's in your face? Your brains. So what, what I, have, I, have, I have thoughts that the klipas have controlled. Wrong thoughts, wrong desires. Wash them right away. And then you wash your hands because the hands, they correspond to the heart, so to speak, because that, um, you know, uh, you know, when a person is speaking, you're excited, right? You ever notice? You're moving your hands when you're talking? Unless you're from England. They're so like, they can just stand yeah. like a stick. And talk. But generally speaking, part of the talk that we can tell what's going on is how animated the person, animated. that comes from the Ruach. And people can get so animated about stupid things. You got to get animated about the real things in life. And finally, the feet represents action. 
And therefore you say, therefore I'm going to think, feel, and act without the klipas as I come into Shabbos. So that's the washing that happens. And now we're clean from all klipas. Okay, what's left? Last topic. Sleeping on air of Shabbos. And I don't know why he puts it as a postscript. He has like a brackets and as nun base, postscript. I don't know why it's a postscript. The holy books speak at great length of the virtues of sleeping on Arab Shabbos. And they say that sleeping on Arab Shabbos is an important part of preparing for Shabbos. Which means you have to sleep a little bit on Friday, everyone according to their needs. Why? So the simple meaning is so you have the power to be up, fresh, and awake, and to know you got a big avoida coming tonight on Friday night. It's a big avoida. It's not just a meal. So you got to be awake for this. You can't be drowsy and dropping off. Okay, so that's the simple meaning. But besides the simple benefit of this, that you have the power and energy and you're not going to be tired, there's another aspect. What is that? That means you feel that the service of Friday night is important. And therefore, you need all your strength to be able to serve Hashem properly. And you know that the light of Friday night isn't just like, you know, it's a side thing. Really, I'm excited to be with the kids and to schmooze and to catch up with everybody. I'm excited to relax. I'm excited to have good food. No, no, no. That's all there. We're not yeah. taking away from you. But what's the main thing? The main thing is you're excited to see Hashem's light. You have to not be tired. In front of an important event, you have to have a good night's sleep. If you know you have a, a busy day the next day, you need a good night's sleep to be prepared for this. That's the way of the world. When, uh, when uh, if, if let's say a person knows that at night you have a very important thing you have to do, so he's going to make sure to take a little rest beforehand. So he has koyach. I remember what sometimes the Rosh Yeshiva, when they would give shear uh, in the afternoon, you know, and, you know, they were big tzaddikim and they were got very little sleep. So sometimes Rosh Yeshiva would say, listen, I have to take a 20-minute nap before I give the class. Please wake me up. Because I have to have koyach to give the shear. The older people already. They need koyach for this. They need to take a rest because it's important. You don't want to come tired of these things. So, beside, again, besides the obvious benefit of the sleep, that you have the koyach and you won't fall asleep, but then you're informing everybody that the light of Shabbos is so important, you want to make sure you don't sleep through it. Now, that is one idea. And that's all he says, but I'd like to add another thing that's brought down in this form. Gemara says anyone who dies on the air of Shabbos, it's a good sign. So the obvious question is, and people abuse this chazal very much, so when a person dies in Arab Shabbos, oh, it's a good sign, it's a good sign. You want to tell me what the good sign is? What's the good sign? person didn't merit to get into Shabbos. What does it mean if you die in Arab Shabbos, it's a good sign? The answer is, the deeper understanding is, we know that sleep is one-sixtieth of death. When you are sleeping, for all intents and purposes, you are dead. But thank God you're going to come back to life as soon as you get up. But you are dead. It means whatever I was doing beforehand, whatever, whatever was on my mind, 
generally speaking, if you're a good sleeper, <laughs> once you fall asleep, maybe you have trouble falling asleep because you got all these things you're worried about. But when you are asleep and you don't have sleep apnea, you'll, get, you'll be relaxed, but you're dead to the world. When you're asleep, there could be a nuclear war. You won't even know what's going on. When you're asleep, you don't know you're $2 million in debt. When you're asleep, you don't know you have a terminal disease. You don't have children that are giving you trouble. You're dead. Imagine, people have so much trouble, but if God has them die, they don't have to worry about anything. When you're dead, you don't have to worry about anything that's going on in the world. So the shots like this, when a person goes to sleep, well, you've done everything, you've just, you've done everything you need to get ready for the Shabbos. But it's the one thing you have to do. You have to really remove yourself from this world. So, so to speak, in a good way, you're committing suicide on Arab Shabbos. You know, that's a very interesting question. People say, if Elam Haba is so good, let's just kill ourselves and go right to Elam Haba. The answer is no, Hashem wants us to live in this world. He wants us to reveal himself in this world. And as long as he decides you're going to live, you're going to live. And as hard as it is, you're going to do your avodah. Then when Hashem decides you're finished, he will take you away. So that's why you don't do suicide. But whatever exists in this world, Hashem says, but there has to be, there is a concept of suicide. There exists in man's mind a desire to kill himself. That means that is something that is in creation. And anything that's in creation has to be used in service of Hashem. So how is suicide service of Hashem? The answer is temporary suicide. Okay. You say, oh, yeah, i got so many things to worry about at work and this and that. You know what? I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to go to sleep for half an hour. When I'm asleep, I don't have to worry about anything. And then what I want, now when a person really dies, when does he wake up next? When anybody we know who has died, when will they get up again? Will they get up again? Sure. No, not here. Well, yes, here. Tchia Samesim, the revival of the oh, dead. Revival of the dead, okay, no? Okay, all right. Everyone who's dead, that's a good Jew, whatever, is going to come back to life. Yeah. So what are we doing on Arab Shabbos? We're saying, oh, this world is crazy. I don't know how to deal with it, this and that. Or I get tricked and think this world is everything. So I'm going to kill myself. Okay. And then when I wake up, it'll be because you're sleeping with the energies of Shabbos already. You've done everything to show, as far as I'm concerned, the Shabbos is here, but the last thing is my cuckoo head and brain and body, I can't get them into the Shabbos yet. So kill yourself. Go to sleep for half an hour. Wake up. A new person. That's every morning. Wake, wake up. Yeah, but every morning it's not getting ready for Shabbos. This you've done so much. I've voted to get ready for Shabbos. Look what you've been doing before you're yeah, taking this true. nap over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did Shnai Targum. You went to the mikvah. Yeah. You, uh, you, what do you cut call it? You, uh, you, you tasted the food. You cut your nails. You washed your face. You're ready in yeah. getting into Shabbos mode. The, 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 the lights are already coming in. So now you want, just like a Navi gets prophecy when he's sleeping. So we want you to die from, it's still, it's still, you're still somehow connected to the week. You're still, the same person that got up this morning on Friday said, I'm going to die. And I'm going to wake up. 
in Shabbos, I'm already waking up in the lights of Shabbos, not like on a Wednesday morning. There's no lights of Shabbos that are easy to see. And I wake up with that. That means anyone who dies on air of Shabbos, it's a good sign. It's a very good sign. Because now you're coming to life in the Shabbos. And now you have not just the Koyach, but you've got the frame of mind relaxed on a physical level, on an emotional level, and on an intellectual level. You wake up and say, I woke up. It's a new world. It's, it's, it's Mashiach. It's Me'en Olam Abba. And that's the final avoided that you have in that area. There still is. Next week, we're going to spend a lot, a whole class on Shabbos clothes. We haven't put our Shabbos clothes on yet. We have not yet lit the Shabbos candles. Okay. And uh, then we're going to talk about the challenges that come on Arab Shabbos. This all sounds good in theory, but how much does it happen in practice is another story. Oh.